Property of the People is brought to you by MTG Madness. You can visit them online at mtgmadness.com. This is Popper of the People. I'm Nate, and with me is Peter. Hello. And Chris. Hello. How's everybody's week? It's well, good. That's good. Uh, what, what did you do this week, Peter? Uh, a menagerie of things, more or less for Halloween. Had fun. Yeah. Costumes, partying, and then recuperating. <laughs> you can get a little tipsy. Oh no! I drank Patrick or drank Patrick kind of under the table. That's good. That's winning. How was your weekend, Chris? How are you weak? Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I bought a car, Honda Pilot, SUV variety. Nice. Pretty sweet. That's uh, cool. As far as magic goes, I played some magic. Good yeah. Bath. That's good. Do some dailies. Yeah. So. Do some winning. Did what? Do you do some winning? No, <laughs> I went. <laughs> this happened to no, me no like winning. this happened to me three times the past week. I would go. I start off the daily going two zero. I'm like, all right, sweet. You know what? I only need to win one of them the next two rounds to win. You know, to make cash, yeah. and then I I go next. I lose the next two rounds. It was either bad pairings or you know mulligan into oblivion or whatever. <laughs> but I went two two and three dailies after starting two zero. Oh, it's pretty busy. Yeah. It's pretty busy. Sucks. Oh, what did I what did I do this weekend? Well, I got all my commander decks and uh, kept one of them together. The Grix deck is actually a really good, really good commander deck. So I actually kept that one together and just improved on it. Which general did you go with? Necrosser. The you see the uh, Spiteful Visions one. Yeah, the Spiteful Visions one. Yeah, not surprising. He stole idea. He's really, really good. <laughs> I kept that deck together because it was really good. Just took re- took bad cards out and re- replaced with better cards. Hey, so I have a um, question. I saw yes. a commander deck at Toys R Us, and it had mm-hmm. um, like a giant freaking card as the commander. Yeah, they every single commander deck they come out with, all the commanders, they put three different... Uh, commanders in every single deck. The deck is, it doesn't matter what commander you use, the deck is built around all three of them. And, uh, you, ins- like, you, I don't know why they have big cards, but I'm guessing some people use those as their commanders because they're big, I don't know. It's easier to establish for some It's easier to establish. You need to have yeah, yeah. either a minor card or a marker card for if it gets, like, say, condemned yeah. or put it spin to myth. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm thinking that's why they use them. We never use them. I mean, I, in our group, we never use them. It's because we have sleeves for everything, so we're yeah, like, we have can't get a sleeve for the big ones. Yeah, so basically, it is a waste of time, and uh, I, my friend Dan DeMar collects them, so when I opened all my commander decks, I basically just gave them all to him, because he wanted them, and I was like, sure, <laughs> I'm not going to use them. <laughs> so I opened all those and took all the decks apart except the Drixes, Drix, and that's my new deck I made. And I started building my Momer, my Momer EDH deck. That should be I, I, big. Yeah, Momer big. Yeah, Momer big. So my new EDH deck. Um, so I ordered that. I ordered five new cards for that. Five cards for that deck I didn't have, so I'm waiting for those to come in the mail. But uh, other than that, uh, played a little bit EDH, and we drafted the modern Silver Black Cube, and I two crushed everybody. 
got the championship card from Shane. If you go to the if you go to the uh, um, our Facebook page, I posted the de- the list I drafted and what the championship card looks like. Basically, it's a, a it's a savage beating, the the card savage beating, and uh, when whoever wins signs it, and then they get to alter that card in some way art wise. And basically, what we've done so far to it between me and Shane, who have both had won it, we've pretty much made a drunken cowboy. <laughs> so it's kind of turned into like Chris's anti league. Yeah, whoever whoever wins the wins the I I hold the card until the next cube cube draft you do, and if I lose, I got to give the card up to whoever wins, and then they get to sign it and they get to add something to it. So we did that, and uh, so I post all that on Facebook. If you want to see the deck I drafted, it's on there. It was pretty sweet. It was a uh, is it splash white deck. Because I, I ended up getting uh, Path to Exile, and you, you just don't pass that card. I think it's pretty clear. You just don't pass that card. It's way too good. So, proved to be pretty good in the deck, but the big card in the deck was Goblin Fire Slinger. That was, like, the MVP of the deck. <laughs> card was awesome. Um, God, other than that, that's not... Goblin Fire Slinger was the MVP of a deck? I, I won... I won. I think I just had a minor aneurysm. <laughs> I won. There's one game that there's like one round where I won with Goblin Fireslinger because I could keep all the creatures off the board and like just sit and ping my opponent to oblivion and then just bring creatures out, bring my creatures out and attack with them. But the Goblin Fireslinger did a heck of a lot more work than everything else in the deck. It was hilarious. Nobody could keep any creatures on the board when I was playing against them. I just kill them all right away or exile them or. Condemn them or smite them. So wouldn't hurts. wouldn't a goblin piker be better in that situation? Probably, but the fire slinger was in the we added the the fire slinger was in the original list, and it actually isn't that bad. So just, and, Nate, just let Nate have his little moment. Hey, it <laughs> <Okay>. worked. <laughs> all as I know is it worked, and that's all that matters. I won because so. I was able to do one damage to him every turn. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but I could hold the board down. I could lock the board down, like for all to, or for all those turns too. No, it wasn't. It also does one damage a turn. Curse of a yeah. uh, pierced heart. Yeah, it was. It's not a creature, so it doesn't get blasted by removal. Well, yeah, but it wasn't like twenty turns either. I I brought out other stuff because I had Mall Drifter and other. I had Young Pyromancer, so every time I would play instant, I'd get a get a token to swing with. So that was in there too. So what, like young Pyromancer or Maldrifter be the all stars because you know because he's a two two flyer who well just, actually um, or the dude who just makes the army I, I actually all of the removal spells that your deck is. Well, I had Goblin Electromancer, Gutter Snipe, and Young Pyromancer in that deck. So you're so, saying you built a really solid deck and Goblin Electromancer is <laughs> and the Fire Slinger, the Fire Slinger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was having fun with the fire slinger. It was just fun sitting here pinging every turn, just like bam, end of your turn, bam. But and my post the call because I would revoke your talking rights right away. Okay, it's fun. But the deck list is up. It was a pretty solid deck list, but uh, there was other good decks there. Celestia, I think we can, I can safely say, is finally at. Like, it has been checked, and it were, and it's not, it's not overpowering because I think there was only. Two people that drafted tried drafting Celestia, and both of them both of them were fighting over the the Celestia picks, so no one could could make a solid Celestia deck. So I consider that a victory 
So that I consider that pretty I wasn't balanced. there. Let's just face it. <laughs> so I, consider that, my deck. I consider that pretty balanced. So, but yeah, that's about all I really did. I worked this weekend too, but that's about it. I need to go in and customize the Goblin Fire Song artwork now in my MTGO to be your <laughs> picture, Nate. Can you give it a thumbs up? <laughs> yeah, I would do it. Forgot that's one of the other things that I've been doing. I've been messing around with custom artwork. So on your cards? On my cards on MTGO. You can do that. Yeah. I'll tell you to do that. Yeah. Uh, you basically you just go into the wizards like into your folder on yeah uh, your computer and uh, you just replace the the art in the art um. folder with uh, you know pictures that you want. So my spire golem is golem from uh, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> my counter spell is it is uh like the the troll face dude, and it says uh, about that spell you thought resolved. Nice spell, bro. <laughs> I'm surprised you used to go with the you mad. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Uh, my my delver of secrets is uh Christian Bale, and then flipped over is Batman. Batman. <laughs> Christian Bale's cool. Batman. I like that. I don't suppose they can see the pictures, can they? No, no, your opponents can't see the pictures. Only you can see well, the pictures. Oh, that would have been priceless if they could, because every time you flip them, just, I'm Batman. Everyone can uh, see it, though. Everyone can see it, though, when you, uh... When, when you I do play. videos. Yeah, when you do videos. Yeah. So, that's kind of cool. And I, I, so I posted on uh, Popper, the Re- or Popper Revolution's Facebook page, so you can see some of the custom artwork that I've did. That that's I've done. cool. That's cool. That I did. I have to check it out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's pretty much what I did that weekend. <laughs> what do we got in news? Mark Rosewater had put an article on, on the mothership, uh, State of Design 2013. He goes, in this article, it's really good, he talks about, uh, basically what he goes into is, is basically, you know, why certain things were designed the way they were. Talks about the guilds, block structure, uh, Everything just really goes into the detail as they were the the goals that they that they they put forward when they were going into Ravnica and everything. They kind of explain why they did things a certain way. So it's pretty it's a pretty good article. It's it's like it's a pretty big article as Mark Warswater usually writes is a big article, but it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. And then the new commander text I stated before I bought all five of them and I had a chance to go through and. My friend Dan DeMars came over, and he wanted to actually play him before taking his apart. So we got a chance, we got a chance to play a few. And basically what it comes down to, these all five of these decks are, you got two control decks and three token decks. But all three token decks are kind of aiming to do different things. So that's kind of interesting, the way they, they did that. And then uh, the value, like I said, be, I said before, the value was just really amazing. But it's, it's, pr- it's pretty much there. I mean that's you're getting you're getting solid decks for what for paying the thirty dollars for these command for these these decks and the there are money cards but all the money cards from what I've seen were pretty much restricted to the Grixis and the Esper deck and the money cards are basically these because I actually went and looked uh, Toxic Deluge is at twelve dollars and I think that one's going to be pretty stable. The True Name Nemesis is the big one that's in the Grix deck. It's a forty-dollar card. It's, I. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good card. I ended up, I ended up trading mine away because I'm trying to build my EDH collection up, and I ended up getting a lot of good trades from belts for that card. But I don't think it's going to keep the forty-dollar price tag because it really is only playable in two formats. 
vintage and uh, and legacy. But basically, the true name Nemesis, it's just a 3-1 creature. It's a 3-1 creature, I believe. And it's basically when it comes into play, you name a player. And true name Nemesis has protection from that player as long as it's on the board. Yeah, so it's like literally you're, you're, you can sit down at the table, you, you, you pick the person you hate the most and say, true name Nemesis has protection from you. They can't do anything to touch it, period. Their creatures can't touch it. Their spells can't touch it. Nothing that that player has can touch it. But I don't, I don't see that sticking to the $48 price tag, hence the, hence the reason why I'd, I'd traded it off like as soon as possible, just because of that. And then we have Unexpectedly Absent. It's an $18 card, and then they reprinted the Baleful, Strix, Baleful Strix, which was in originally from Plane Chase, and that one is a $15 card. So those, uh, I think all those are going to hold their price pretty good, but the true name Nemesis I don't think is going to hold that tag, so I would recommend that if anyone got the Grix one, and that is the one that sold the fastest, the Grix, the Grix, that Grix Commander deck, I would recommend if you have any angst to use it, keep it and use it, but if you're not going to use it, you can get a lot of trade off of it to find stuff that you're really looking for, so... That's kind of where the commander decks are at. That's about all I really got to say. You guys want to have anything to say? The commander decks are... I know... I read the article, but... Like, commander decks are always going to hold their value. <clears throat> if not increase in value. And I think the last time one of the... Whichever commander deck that had uh, Scavenge News came out... Yeah. Uh, ...a while back. That's actually, like, one of the least valuable of that line of commander decks now. Yeah. Yeah. Riku, and that was the most expensive for the longest time. And that was... Uh, even before Scavenging News got reprinted, it was still, like, one of the least valuable of all the Commander decks yeah. that, that got released at that time. You know, as as recently as, like, January or something like that. Yeah. Uh, somewhere. So, yeah, it's just because these decks aren't worth, you know, the, aren't worth the Grixis decks now doesn't mean that they're not going to be two or three years down the line, so... Yeah, it, it was kind of cool opening. I mean, I considered I paid $150 to buy all five decks, and uh, I think I made up pretty good. I got lots of good cards that I that I, that I wanted to buy from ADH decks that probably would have cost me more to actually buy them individually instead of just getting all of them. So I consider that a victory. Because I, had, I pretty much after I got all those decks, I had to redo all of my EDH decks because I had to re, replace cards and a lot of them. So that's the other thing that really happened this weekend: rebuilding all my EDH decks with new cards. Just uh, had a chance. I thought I'd report on it, being that I had the opportunity to mess around with the commander decks and stuff. And that Esper deck is flat out ridiculously stupid. It's so good that the general that is with it or. Or Lolo, I believe it is. Yeah, or Lolo. That general in Commander in EDH is pretty much broken because even when he's out of play, if you control him, you still get two life. As long as he's in the command zone, you're still gaining two life every turn. And that one seems to be the most expensive of all the commanders that were new printed commanders. It's it's, it's holding solid at eight dollars. But yeah, so that's kind of what that's uh, kind of take people can take that for what it's worth. Just uh, my view on the commander decks. Other than that, I got nothing more on news. You guys got any news? Not really. Nothing much. Okay. Goodreads. What do we got for Goodreads? Uh, Pop Revolution did an article. Writer adept junk enchantments. Uh, article by Jason Gray talking about the junk enchantments standard popper deck. 
and the uh, newer cards that were put into it with the yeah the bestow? new stuff yeah the bestow using bestow so it's pretty interesting to read it's like every single creature in this deck is an enchanted enchantment creature <laughs> it's because it makes ethereal armor boss yeah it does <laughs> play card be more awesome yeah <laughs> so that's kind of interesting that seems to be a, I haven't had a chance to play against that deck but I kind of want to or actually build it and play it so you're going to break cool. down and build junk enchantments I never thought I'd well, play that, well, that just looks interesting, that whole build. And then we have an article by Dan uh, from MTGO Strat. It's called uh, Standard Popper Review. Jason Gray did an article called Standard Popper Review based off of uh, PDC, the reports from PDC, the, the PDC website. And that one is a pretty good article. It really in, talks about all the archetypes and deck lists and all that good stuff pretty good article to take a take a look at if you're thinking of getting into standard popper and want to see where the format's at right now does a pretty good job of showing where it's at and then we've got uh dan did an article called bet bet bottom dollar voral whole clad basically what this article is he built a deck around one card from what from my understanding of reading this article He's basically taking like a dollar rare and building a deck around a dollar rare. Just taking one dollar rare and building a deck around it. And the deck list he has up here is pretty cool. It's it looks like a lot of fun. It's just a basic sixty card deck. That's pretty much all it is. It's not EDH or anything like that. Just a sixty card deck with four four rares and some uncommons and some commons. And it looks pretty interesting. I do have to say. So this is actually an article written by Fernando Antunes. Oh, okay, right there, I didn't see that, it was posted by Dan. So my bad, that, Fernando Antunes wrote it. Yeah, I think it's... Is that Farf who, who writes or who does videos for his channel? I don't know. Yeah, I don't I'm know. not sure. But yeah, so that's there. I, I kind of like this guy. He's he's one of the cards I added to my new EDH deck uh, that, I have, that I'm building. But yeah, Voral's a pretty decent... Uh, Legendary creature is pretty cool. There's that article, and then we have an article by David Schaffer, uh, A1 Popper Combo Deck. This is a deck that has one land in it, and purely there's there's no way that this could be a competitive deck. It's it's based on uh, just playing for fun, for Popper for fun. Uh, but yeah, this deck has one land in it, and that's it. And somehow it gets you can play all the other spells with it. So, it looks pretty interesting. Again, not a lot of those interesting articles that I found. So you say it's not competitive, but it went uh, it went 2-2 in a daily. Did it? Yeah. Really? It was, uh, I don't think it could be competitive, because one land is really risky. Once again, when I shout out, uh, shout out to Justin, he was watching all the daily videos for our, yeah. our benefit, and he saw... One guy went two two with deck. He lost. Really? He was he was two one and going round three and lost round four, unfortunately. That's, um, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I just I, I guess this, this is just one of those things because I'm not a big storm player. I'm guessing this would be a deck that a storm player would mess with because it, yeah. it just seems to me like you really gotta do a, a lot of crazy math to make in your head to make this deck work. No, actually the combo is pretty simple. It's uh, all you have to do is. 
be able to cast Ballister, it's fine. The way you do that is off of uh, rituals. You know, Dark Ritual, Cabal Ritual, yeah. etc. So you cast the Ballistrate Spy, you mill your entire deck into your graveyard, and then, but before you cast the Ballistrate Spy, you wanted to have Conjurer's Bobble out on the table. Yeah. So, so you can set your, great, or your library into your graveyard, right? No, no, it's uh, the Conjurer's Bobble is just so that you can put your single win condition, which is the Haunting Misery, uh, in, into your deck. So then you, you, you cycle your Conjurer's Bobble, put the Haunting Misery on top, draw the Haunting Misery, and then you exile 20 creatures and nuke them for 20. <laughs> nice. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And if you have multiple Conjurer's Balls, you can do that a couple different times, too, in case you know, in case they decide yeah. to gain life or something. Wow. I wonder who's the, who's the crazy person that decided to mess around with this and make it work. Uh, it's from Special Kyle, before Storm was banned. Yeah. Was, he was toying around with a very low land count deck. Yeah. And so he, and his was based off of Empty the Warrens, though. Yeah. And it worked It worked effectively the same. You know, uh, you're trying to do the Empty the Warrens thing, the Storm thing, and based off of a really low land count. And then when uh, Battle Street Spy came out, he was working with that. And ultimately, Storm got banned, so that whole thing got abandoned. But David Schaffer, he kept working with it. And you know it hasn't been competitive for a while, but yeah, it's just it's in this, this funky spot right now where it's one of very few combo decks that is viable. I'm not saying you should. I'm not saying you should take it because it will instantly die to a single counterspell in a win condition. But oh yeah, you know uh, I actually did get beat. I was playing illusory tricks against David, and he actually beat me because he duressed my t- my counterspells away. Yeah, so that's it. Viable. Sort of. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. It's it's a pretty interesting article though. The the deck looks really interesting. Again, it's something I won't play because I'm not a big storm player. So I mean it's I I don't like doing that kind of crazy that, that type of crazy math in my head just to make something work. <laughs> so I think it's like it's not a it's not really a storm thing though. Yeah. All you all you have to do is cast the balustrades by throw the conjurer's bubble on the haunting misery and then Yeah. Blammo. Yep. So it's like a four or five card combo. Oh, okay. Still pretty interesting. I find it yep. cool. So there's that article. It's there. The meta game. I found some events here. Uh, this one, I have, the first one I found. This one, Delver deck here. We've got a Stompy deck, a Black deck, another Delver deck. We have Finny. It was just kind of a mix of a whole bunch of different decks. I mean, there's some slivers in there. The whole 4-0, like all the 4-0 lists are all really different decks. That's what I found there. Basically, this this event, like, let's go on the top here. We've got our first list by Flez is a Delver deck, your basic Delver deck or for one of the forms. Your second list is a Stompy deck with some, with the Riverboa in here because... Well, controls the thing, so they're, you just main board is river balls. That's one of the interesting things about this deck. Then we go down further, and then we've got a mono black list. We go down the next one to Maximo, and we got another Delver list. And then we go down again, and we got Dissonance with an Affinity list. And then we got a Sliver list, and then we've got White. Well, wait a minute, is this this is your basic White Weenie? weenie. Yeah, basic this White Weenie. And we got mono black again. It, it was this kind of. I found this one pretty interesting. That we got your Urza deck, your 
this one was just really diverse. All your four O decks were just something different. It wasn't a lot of the same thing. So I find that kind of cool. So that's pretty interesting. And it's nice to see that uh, you're getting that diverse sample of decks instead of seeing the same thing all the time. Or seeing one deck overpowered everything. There's a pestilence list in this daily, too. <laughs> in the three ones. Shot up. Yeah. <laughs> Gui underscore BR. Yeah. I mean, it's, this, one, this is a pretty cool daily to see, the fact that there was just a lot of different decks being represented, because usually at this time, we're kind of used to seeing the seeing the same decks all the time. You know, it's I think it's getting to that point where, you know, you have your decks that just win all the time, and that's what's always winning, and it's nice to see that's not happening yet. You still have it bouncing all over the place. So that really is pretty cool, and it, well, I, I didn't even look what day that Did you see what day that one was on? Or you close the window? The 29th. The 29th, so October 29th. And then we go into this one here, and it is, uh, this is a daily from the 28th, and the highlighted decks I found here was Red red Deck Wins, the Peter's Deck, <laughs> the one that decks Peter likes. Red it's deck. just a nice deck to see every once in a while. Yep, Red Deck Wins, that's why I pointed this one out, because I figured Peter would, would want to say something about that. Isn't that just Boros Kitties? Huh? Well, yeah, Not Zero's Kitties, but uh, Boros, whatever. Boros Kitties, yeah. And then we have lots of affinity. There's lots of 3-1 affinities, so apparently affinities got... People were ready affinity for... Affinity is still affinity. Yeah, Simple affinity stuff. is still affinity, but it looks like in this group of dailies, people are ready for affinity. <laughs> so... But yeah, so that's there. Red deck wins. And then we got a, tr- a 4-0 trinket deck. That's right. This is why I found this one. We have a 4-0 trinket deck by The Hobbit. That's his name. Is that what it is? Yeah, blue-white. That's what it was. A blue-white trinket deck. It's not blue-black. It's blue-white. That's what was unique about this one. It's not using blue-black trinket. It's using blue-white trinket instead. You got your... Pretty much, It's the list is the same, but from the looks of it, it looks like the guy took... Well, the the Hobbit, he went and wanted to make Trinket, but decided... It's just the 12 Trinket Blink deck, that's what it is. Yeah. It's a, he took the black out and went with white instead. The Trinket Blink deck, the really old, old Blink deck. Yeah. Team. It's 4 old though, so that's kind of cool. It's always fun to see that deck. Yeah, another fun deck to see. Although I would have... Rocking picked, the Seraph of Dawns, of course. Yes, of course the Seraph of Dawns. It's one and two, and to see what happens. Yeah. I think I would have liked to see uh, see your I like I'd like to see your blue white popper build on here, Peter. My old blink deck or what? The old blink deck that everybody hates. That you're never allowed to attack ever, 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 ever. Oh God, that one. <laughs> uh, it I could probably put it together online. It wouldn't take a whole lot. <laughs> the, deck that just, the deck that just causes everyone just it just rolls st- st- it blinks Stormhorn dignitary all day. So it's basically yeah, you just robs your person of combat phases. The problem is it's trying to be too cute. I feel, yeah. but it is fun though. Like yeah, when you just get it locked with a you go see flicker with the uh, mnemonic wall and that or day, all day. You're just like yep, yep. Or you just do the single momentary blinks on the guy. You just hold him out for combats ever. Works really well against like green stopping and stuff like that, but. I would imagine a goblin player would just be losing their mind against that deck. Oh no, they just start throwing every burn spell they have straight in my face. I I know what happens in that situation, <laughs> but that's the reason why freaking uh 
what is it? Yeah, Lone Missionary is amazing because you're just like, gain all the life because I don't want to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah Stonefront Dignitary can just hold his own in most combat situations anyway. So. Pretty much, he's big enough. He's a 1-4. Don't yeah. mess with him, dude. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's that's just really cool. Uh, drink Blank deck, blue-white. So, have that. That's pretty much all I found in the meta. Everything else is kind of pretty basic. Nothing really all that interesting to really report on. So I mentioned we talked about early, early when we first started the show. Chris mentioned that uh, you know he's getting going just fine, and then he gets uh, the two zero, gets the you know the daily situation where he's doing good, and then just goes bad from there. Uh, this is an article I found at MTGO Academy because I'm starting to go find other stuff, and I figured this one would be worth talking about. This article was done by Jason Moore. Uh, Diamond Dozen number 33. It's called Searching for a Reset Button. Basically, what this article talks about is coming back from a slump where you've not been doing very good in Magic. You're just losing all the time and you're getting upset. And basically, what he's in this, re- I guess, from the article I read here, this recently happened to him. And he's just going over a few different points. Four different big points of uh, what you can do to, you know, kind of help yourself get out of that slump instead of rage quitting and, you know, getting really, getting really stressed out over it, I guess. And he covers four different points. Uh, the first point is dict- dictate your pace. Uh, take notes is the second step. What is this game about? And stop playing control decks. <laughs> Number four, stop playing control decks. I actually like that one. But we're going to just kind of, kind of skim over this article quick here. He talks, goes into how, what brought him into the slump is that he, uh, he explains that he, uh, he just forgotten how to focus, apparently. He must have been just something happened. He forgot, forgot how to really focus in on his, on his games he was playing. And he goes into straying away from competitive popper. And he, he just goes in. This article is really long, so I, I'm just kind of skimming over it really, really fast here. But one of the big points that I I got out of this article, and I, I tell kids that I I play with younger players, so they, this happens a lot of what what uh, Jason Moore writes about in this article. I see on a daily on a on a on a weekly basis every Wednesday when I have kid new kids trying to learn learning how to play Magic, and they just get frustrated when nothing is going their way in a game, and they, they play like two or three games, and the same thing keeps happening. One of the big things he, he points out in this article is it doesn't matter how fast your, your opponent's playing. Just let them play at whatever speed they want when it's your turn. Take your time, and if it takes you a few extra minutes to you know think about what how to play your cards in the right order, then take that time and do it. Even if your opponent's getting upset and telling you, you know, you, you done yet, you done yet, you know, ask, are you done yet? Because, I, I mean, I'll admit, I'm one of those players. I'm one of those players that tends to play faster. I've, I've, spent, my, I've spent my opponent's turn planning out what I want to do during my next turn and what, what I'm going to play next. And I'm one of those people that have to be told, no, I'm not done yet. <laughs> Peter can contest to that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, and it's just... When you get in that situation, you know, you just, sometimes, and I've had to do that too, sometimes it helps to just slow down. And take your time, look at what, you're, what you have in your hand, take your time, do what you need to do to get your turn done. I mean, opponents may not like that, 
but oh well, they're, they're going to have to get over it. It's it's a game, and as long as you're not breaking any big rules or anything like that, then by all means do it. As long as you're not purposely stalling the game or whatever. And I mean, from a coordinator point of view, I've had situations where I had that fast player that was playing against a slower player, and they were they're trying to get me to. They're like, well, he's stalling the game or whatever, and I'm si- I watch him play, and it's like they're not the the guy that the the complaint isn't valid. They're not stalling the game. They're just taking their time to see what they got in their hand instead of making a rush decision. I will I will play out games like crazy like that. Yeah, I mean, and it's sometimes even intentionally stall games. I should just very quickly win because I know that you know if my opponent has two and a half minutes to kill me in the next game, and I'm okay with just stalling out as much as possible and making run down their clock. Yeah, you know, a lot of times You're not the, the correct, only one. A lot of times, this happens a lot in double mirrors actually, where um, you get to a board state where nobody can attack, and yeah. it becomes it becomes a game of the clock and who's going to deck themselves first. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it's a very very much a valid strategy. So, because these yeah. double mirrors happen. If you're just gonna you're gonna stall out. Yeah. It's just gonna happen in double mirrors. Uh, yeah. so you know, I've taken it to where well, like he's got ten minutes. He beats me in game one, right? He's got ten minutes and he's beaten me in game one. But my clock is at like seventeen minutes or something like that. And so game two I will take up on them. <laughs> yeah. Everything. Game two, I will take my time like crazy. I will talk, I'm talking like I, I could have completely profitable attacks and just but you know what? I I know I already have the control of the game, and I'm probably going to win it anyway. I'll take out my time as much as possible to yeah. run down his clock, even though he has no chance of winning. And I know. This. I th- and I think that's where online and, and paper differ because you, you don't, there is no clock thing online or, or on, on in, in paper. But basically, what this article is just aiming at: coming out of a slump and getting back to your competitive winning. Getting back to winning games after you've hit a slump where you've been losing, and what you need, what you almost need to do in order to get back to where you were before. This is a pretty interesting article. I don't know. It's Jason Moore. He's pretty decently knows a lot about. Uh, yeah, Bamboo Rush. We all know who he is. Good art. He's pretty what pretty well known player and writer on MTGO Academy, and he just talks about being in a slump and what he what what he had to do to get out of it. But I figured it was worth uh, kind of going over a little bit on topic one. Topic two with Brew of the Month. Uh, anyone else want to go before I go through my list? Because my list is really kind of lame. Well, the list I had is pretty much like the one you linked, so... <laughs> All right. Uh, basically, our Brew of the Month. Well, we chose something that was already a thing. And I don't know how you can improve it. <laughs> it's pretty damn solid. <laughs> it's pretty solid. Uh, basically, I'll just go over the list here quick. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward, and I mean, this, it's, this is there isn't a lot of new tech here. Everyone knows about it, but uh, it's nine islands, three Simic Guild Gates, eleven forests. You got twenty-three lands, four Elvish Mystics, three Sedge Scorpions, four Frilled Oculus, four Nationasps, three Leaf Crown El- Leaf Crown Dryads. Four beetle form mages and three voyaging satyrs and other spells. You got two Mizium skins, three negates, four essence scatter, and three voyages end. With a sideboard of one and all, 
three deadly recluse, three dispel, one disper- disperse, one museum skin, three nimbus naiads, and three runner's bane. Basically, this list does everything that uh, we were trying to do. But if you go, uh, I'll let Chris, I'll let Chris explain the mono green version because I tried going mono green and it didn't work. But looks sounds like Chris did a lot more than I did because I gave up after two games of like completely epically failing. I'm like, I'm not continuing this. This is ridiculously dumb. Way to yeah. not hide it out there, Nate. Huh? Way to not. Way to just wuss out. I was going. Nope, not a thing. Done. Don't. Care. Well, after two nope. games of, of just nothing happening and getting crushed, it's like f this. But uh, basically, when I came down, came to this, I, I played five games and won every single one, and it wasn't like there was a very hard battle. It was just flat out completely crushing victory. It's just. Yeah. Just winning, just flat out, your opponent can't do anything, and you just win. Because you're just flooding the board with big dudes. And basically, with the ne- what it came down to, if you couldn't get the Nesh and Asp, the Frilled Oculus and Beetle Form Mage filled in for the Nesh and Asp just, just fine. No problems whatsoever. <laughs> well, yeah, the Asp is basically just there to drive the point home. You can have Frilled Oculus hold down the fort all damn day, because it's got five toughness when you buff them. Yeah. There's nothing in the format that can kill it without getting enchanted or buffed first. Yeah. So he wins against any rock creature. Yeah. And then freaking Beetleform Mage goes over the top and just beats face. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it is by far one of the most efficient beaters in the format. Yeah, it is. <laughs> my opinion. Yeah, it is. Uh, I just uh, tried to go for Mono Green, and this is this was a really rough draft. I, I ended up losing a little bit more than I was comfortable with. I think I went like two and four with the list, but mostly it... Just the black, uh, black is just too strong right now for this, from from my version to work, I think. Yeah. And so what I ended up going with was 22 Forests, 4 Mutants Prey, Elvish Mystic, Voyaging Seder, Crawl Warrior, Pit Fight, Slaughterhorn, Advocate of Beast, Rumbling Baylaw, and Messian Asps, and then 2 Nylea Disciples, which I want to actually up the Nylea Disciple count, because it's like, it's your counterspell to Grey Merchant, essentially. Okay. Uh, it's the Green so, Devotion, isn't it? Yeah, it's green devotion game, game life. Okay, okay. So yeah. Yep. Um so yeah, the whole point was basically get an advocate on the on the table, and then you have like mutants prey and pit fight to instant speed remove whatever blockers they throw out there. So get an advocate on the table, get Slaughterhorn or Bayloth or Asp on the table, and you beat down clearing the way via your fight spells. Where this is a problem is there's no trample, and so as long as they can keep on playing chump blockers, if you run out of removal spells, then they just chump block you until they eventually draw their removal spells and kill your dude. Uh. So, yeah, I don't really know how to get around that. Like, there's got to be some kind of a trample effect in Standard Popper that I'm missing, but... Oh, uh, no. does Volpine Goliath have trample? I think it's yeah. It does have trample? It's a 6-5. Yeah, it's a 6-5 six six trample, but it's not a beast, right? I don't know. Like fox. The giant the fox. fox. <laughs> it's a giant, just a big fox. I'll look yeah. it up right now while you're talking. So, so I think, yeah, like yeah, one of the lists I made had like at least one of them just because yeah I didn't want to get chumped out all damn day. <laughs> That's what ends up happening to me. Is I just get chumped too much. And like you know I've got crawl warriors here to back up because Elvish Mystics and Voyaging Satyrs they're really bad top deck uh, top decks late in the game. Yeah, yeah they, they are. are. <laughs> so. I wanted the Crawl Warriors in there, too. Crawl Warriors are just uh, situational 5-5s. Five so you can, whenever you pump them. So that and they're, like, my favorite card from RTR Block Draft. So 
<laughs> Nothing wrong with using a pet card. Everyone has them. Yeah. yeah. Used, mine used to be Brainstorm. No, I don't like the card at all. Also, I like the Advocate Rumbling Bailoff combo. That was my favorite combo from M14. I won more drafts than I cared to even recall with that combo. Nice. Like, yeah, the Rumbling Bailoff. It's like, this guy's going to get bigger every turn. I hope you know this. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he's not a beast. He's a fox. Yeah, well, the Asp is a snake, so. Yeah. But the Asp is really big. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, true. Yeah, he's, he's a freaking eight. eight he, bec- he becomes an eight. <laughs> <laughs> and he has two heads. I have to say, I think my favorite thing about Nesson Nest is how many people forget that thing's got reach. Yeah. yeah. Three swings into it, it's like, okay. <laughs> I like Lock. I like taking the mirror on. I like taking the mirror on because I was taking a green-blue deck mirror as one of the games I was playing. I had the guy swing in with the beetle form when I had Nesson Nest in play. Exactly. It's just awesome. like, it's like they figure, like, oh, crap, that's right, that guy can totally kill flyers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I'd like to put does well. It blows the crap out of flyers, but I'm actually thinking about like just taking out all the ramp and making these uh, elves and stuff into just solid dudes. Just go green stoppy. I have no problem go- switching over to green stoppy since they kind of have a green ramp deck already. Yeah, like but just the ramp doesn't really seem to work, and it's just mm-hmm. awful late in the game. Yeah, early game is great, but, the, but how often? But yeah, early game is great, late game sucks, and then it's just kind of slow building if you get stuck where you can't ramp. You're like, I have Nesh Nass, but I can't do anything. This is awesome. How much yeah. does Advocate of the Beast come into play to draw? Three. Ooh. It's two and a green. That is better than a... Because I remember back before rotation, I was using, in my green stompy deck, I was using a Ivy Lane Denizen, and people let that thing stick around freaking forever and just getting one or two wandering was all that thing was amazing she was like and I'm gonna get free yeah perhaps going to like a mono green stompy route might not be a bad thing yeah just kind of another national asp as a backup oh he's still inefficient because he's still a 4-5 with reach for 5 yeah yeah oh, man's basically everything and if the game gets stalled out you can turn him into that 8-9 and just Finish the game. People overhead, yeah, but it's not it's not the go to game plan with the deck then. Yeah, maybe that's what we need to do because Dream Blue is already a thing. So I mean, it's if we want to go outside the box, the Dream Blue isn't the way to go. <laughs> the only other thing I was doing with the whole green ramp deck here was I also half played around with doing green red just because, like I said before, we actually started recording. I freaking love Zeratudra. Like honestly, the only person I know that loves that card as much as me or comes close to. Is freaking Dan, because I remember every time he did recordings with the freaking old Gruel Standard deck we did, just every time, and Zerta Druid, that guy goes the freaking distance every <laughs> goddamn game. Make man hurt your opponent. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> That's awesome. He's pulling double duty the entire game if you stick one. <laughs> Some mana critters that hurts. Why can't Rancor be? Trust me, I've been, I've been asking for that forever. <laughs> it got upgraded for a very good reason. That card is ridiculously it probably should have been common awesome. the first time around, too, but still. Yeah, it should never have been common to begin with. The card's way too good. <laughs> but i tell you what, you'd see a lot more green aggro if that was the thing. <laughs> you would. <laughs> Rancor, just, uh, this would be everything green with Rancor. <clears throat> what is the standard format? Rancor. Rancor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Think of how many decks would not have been a thing because, like, any of the Flicker Gate deck or Flicker decks wouldn't have done anything because they can block all damn day just because they can declare block, flicker out, and then gain Virginia life. But yeah, if they didn't have, like, if you guys had Trample, could power through, wow, like, even that deck would have had problems. Yeah. 
You'd, you'd pretty much be looking at a format that was like, like green black, green blue, green red, green red, green white. So what are you splashing green with for your deck? Uh, I think I'd try uh, green blue just to see what happens. You know, just throw a rancor or something and see how much face I can beat. <laughs> it used to be what was it? Back when I first started Magic, it used to be that uh, with Curse Scroll. Was, you just you put four of those in every single deck. That was your starting point, pretty much. <laughs> For no reason. It's like building any red deck in Classic. Just, okay, I'm playing red. Four lightning bolts. Now what do I do with the deck? Or now what do I want to do with the deck? It's just yeah. kind of what happens. <laughs> so, I'm pretty sure, yeah, it's, Rancor is just too good. It probably should have never been a common. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> But that's that's the beauty. That's the beauty with old school magic. They they didn't like when when magic first came out, the first five to six years they didn't know really how to balance they, like how they're fair still cards this is well, I, I don't know say, this freaking cool. I shouldn't say they didn't know how to balance, but they're still experimenting of how to balance rare commons, uncommons and rares out. So your older cards you end up with just crazy stuff that with like Brainstorm, for instance, how that brainstorm just gets gets under the butt, gets through the gets through the netting, and is common when it probably shouldn't be. <laughs> uh, brainstorm seems right at common. Or uh, what's another one? They're good at Hemdaturok. Never should have been common, even in paper. Uh, yeah, Hem- <laughs> I'll give you there. Hemdaturok never should have been a common ever. <laughs> Most bullshitty discard card of all time. Yeah. Just ridiculous. That I think that's that I think uh, when MTGO came about, they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna fix this because we're gonna exclude Fallen Empires." Why? Because <laughs> no one likes that set. And besides this, and because Hem to Turok is on land, but it's, it's on common, so I, I understand why Wizards went through with MTGO and like, okay, this card never should have been common. It's gonna be an uncommon on here. <laughs> like I said, when we went way, way back, we made the Popper Power 9. I definitely included that in my list. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> so, The turn 2 or turn 1, guess what? Your entire game is over now. Yeah. So where do we want to go? My, my question is, where do we want to go with the brew? Do we, do we want to kind of change gears here a little bit and do something different then? Go with the green stompy thing? I'd have no qualms with all this going like Mono Green stuff because then you get to use, like you said, the Slaughterhorn, the Rumbling Bailoff, have Ness and Asses back up, and then Advocate of the Beast just to help you power through basically anything. Yeah, so. Maybe that's the direction we need to go because I don't want to, like, I don't want to, like, like, my biggest fear tonight was talking about the standard popper, and I knew this was, a, after figuring, finding this out, that this was actually already a thing. That was like, oh great! Now we gotta, you know, come up with a new idea. And I didn't want to do that, really. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking maybe this is the route we need to go. We need to go mono green, stompy, and kind of stick with the green stompy route, and still use Nash and Asp, but go that route instead of trying to brew something new this into the game. And I know it's just the fourth. It's only November fourth. But I really felt bad coming in this week and going, well, did the brew of the month and uh, crushed everybody and uh, don't know what needs to be fixed because everything works. <laughs> it's one of those Eureka decks, just boom, did it. <laughs> Next. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's kind of where that is at. Uh, Chris had to go do something. 
But what else do we have? We have, uh, that's pretty much all the news really got. It's been really a slow news cycle this week, so. Any emails, comments, or feedback? No. No emails, comics. We're st- no news is good news. We're st- everyone's still happy with us. That's we do good. have some MTGO rage- rages of the week, though. My list does differ. My my sideboard differs from what was what was already on in the sideboard. I actually went with uh, changes I made to the original after I made this deck and saw that there was already another deck. Um, I didn't like. I, I put the Sedge Scorpion wasn't in the original list. I put that in because I, I really think Sedge Scorpion is just a. Before knowing if you're going against flying, I think it's just more efficient almost. Uh, I can kind of, yeah, because he pulls double duty, kind of like, did you, uh, ha- oh, did you have Deadly Recluse in there? Because otherwise that's the other reason why I always Deadly had Deadly Recluse is in the sideboard just in case you have to go against flying, but when you're going into a matchup, when I was going into matchups, I, I felt more comfortable if I didn't couldn't go first turn Elvish Mystic, being able to go first turn Sedge Scorpion, because then it... it that it, definitely sets the aggro decks back a bit, because... You expect uh, Sedge Scorpion to trade something. You yeah. don't care generally what it is, but you want them to, if you can hold the aggro decks off for a couple turns or make them burn one of their removals that early, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, that's part of the reason why I wanted to throw it in there. It's like this. It's sometimes Deadly Recluse, I mean, being. Deadly Recluse, by all means, is a better card. It's, it's a two mana, one, two that has reach and death touch. But for your heavy aggro decks, they, they, they're coming in early. And I would much rather have that 1-1 death touch just sitting there taunting instead of waiting another turn to play a deadly recluse. Uh, I can see in some cases, but I'm still probably gonna, I'd still say probably play deadly recluse over it every time. Yeah. But it, I mean, Typhoid Rat's soft play, so I'm not, it's not surprising. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing was the Leaf Crown Dryad. I, I, the Leaf Crown Dryad re- originally wasn't in this list. I added it because going into that first game, if I was, it's a it's a two two. It's a bear basically. It's a bear, but it has it helps you muscle through if you need to. Yeah, it muscles through if I need to, and in the first game I can turn a sedge turn sedge into something more scary, and I actually did a few times. It was kind of cool. <laughs> it's just like the old uh, doing travel prep with uh, I don't know, recluse. You make that you eventually just turn it into like a freaking three four, and no one touches the damn thing. Yeah. And even on Sedge Scorpion, it was pretty cool. It was a 3-3 reach death touch creature. So it wasn't that bad. Still pretty good. And the Mizium skins I kind of added, too, just because I was trying to protect that Nashanasp. Because I figured you get Nashanasp on the board, they're going to go after it. Generally, because it's hard to say. It depends who you're playing, because I know a lot of people who tried to sit back and wait and see if I'd turn it monstrous or go monstrous with it. Yeah. That way I already sunk my man into it, and they're like, aha, I caught you. Yeah. Well, if you're like, I'm not going to let you play around with a 4-5, because even as a 4-5, that thing will still kill me. Yeah. So that's kind of why I had two Museum skins in the deck, just to kind of put keep removal in check on Nashranasp. So he, he wins the game by himself with you, <laughs> for, for you. And then Voyage's End, just to be able to... Voyage's End is just a nice combat trick, and you get to scry Essence Scatter for the obvious reasons, to get rid of... clear the clear the way for your aggro. 
and negates just to go after removal. Then on my sideboard, I I kept the annul, which was which I, I kept I kept my sideboard with the annul. The deadly recluses were at if the said after first game if you need the you need them. Did more against the mono black. I added dispels to go against the mono black deck to go against all the instant removal crap because you need the extra extra counter spells to go against instant removal. Disperse another museum skin Nimbus Nyad just in case. I mean sometimes I figured hey figured the leaf crowns weren't needed the Nimbus Nyads could do a better job. Runner's Bane was a disappointment for me. That falls off once they make it bigger. It's always a disappointment. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one falls off when it gets bigger. When when stuff gets bigger, I remember no, uh, aqu- no aqueous forms. That's what I've put in the sideboard. Yeah, that that that's not a bad call. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> it's one thing. Also, I didn't think why are you playing? Why are you playing a null whenever you're you have access to naturalize? Uh, that doesn't make any sense to me either. I don't figure. I, one drop Nature or blue players coming through again. Yeah, it's that blue player, that blue player thing <laughs> coming through. Counter it. Don't try to don't destroy it. Just counter it before they can do anything. You know. Yeah, you're you're even heavier on green than blue in this deck. So. Yeah. So. All right. But yeah, that's where it's at. Um, basically, I was just trying to kill time until you got back. So. For ah, uh, here I am carrying the show again. No. With my MTGO rage. <laughs> Rage of the Week. Yes, in replacement of Heroes of the Web, because I find these more fun. Yeah, so uh, today's Hero of the Week, or this week's... Wait, Hero of the Week? What the hell am I thinking? Hero of the Week. (laughs) Today's... Mr. Tim the Fireman from Arkansas climbed up a burning tree and saved a kitten. Go him. (laughs) What the fuck did you say to me? So today's MTGO Rage of the Week is brought to you courtesy of MTGO Just Sin. So shout out to Just Sin again for like the third time this episode. Uh, I petitioned him last week when I saw that he watched all the dailies to just, you know, see if he can run into ragers and take <laughs> screenshots out of them for me and just send them my way. That way we can shout out to him on Pop with People <laughs> in good form. So, uh, today's rager is none other than a guy named Mikami that is spelled M-E-K-H-A-M-I. And he is raging on one Psy199ORZ. <laughs> now, Psy is playing Delver, and presumably counterspelling the crap out of Mikami, as Delvers <laughs> want to do. So, <laughs> rage number, <laughs> number one from Mikami is good job. You clicked buttons so well, I'm really impressed. Have you won a Pro Tour yet? Uh, <laughs> next line, Mikami has conceded from the game. <laughs> God. Uh, so, the next the next rage, presumably against the same thing. Uh, wow. Same, same, same round, actually. Mikami comments, good job, I hope you're proud of yourself. Do you feel good? You can play 30 counterspells.deck. Which, by the way, Delver runs, like, from... Five to nine counterspells at most in the deck, not counting spellster sprites, of course. So and then, he, then he comments, "Do you speak English, or is that beyond your brain power too? Do you feel good?" Wow, that's uh, just hateful. <laughs> I really wish you had to know how to play magic to win matches, because then you would disappear, and everyone and everyone that plays brainless counterspells dot deck. You must be very proud. 
Apparently, he doesn't like counter spells at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next, next page. <laughs> is it a good? <laughs> is it a good feeling to play counter spells and draw more counter spells and flip Delver with no setup? And play creatures that are counter spells to counter additional spells. <laughs> plus one or two counter spells. <laughs> Do you feel bad about that, or, or are you just another mindless robot who clicks buttons in a broken format? Wow, this guy probably shouldn't play Popper. <laughs> <laughs> so good job, Mikami. You you are mad about the number two deck in the format. Congratulations. This is my advice to Mr. Mikami. Find a new format. This dude, I think, may have just, like, kind of set the bar for, like, how angry you can get at a deck. <laughs> We're talking, like, I'm almost afraid, like, he just, like, w- stood up and snapped his keyboard in half. Just, God! <laughs> I'd imagine there's holes in his wall at his house. Is that one of those guys where mom walked in on him and, like, and he got really mad? God damn it. Honey, watch your language. Go away, Ma! <laughs> Go away, Ma! This guy doesn't want to play magic. He's just running a lot of counterspells. <laughs> wow. He needs to find a new game, I think. Uh, or just to go outside and enjoy the daisies for a while. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Go read that one read. How to, uh, you know, get over your slump of losing a long streak of magic. <laughs> Seeing kids, and that's how you come full circle. <laughs> oh, man. It's kind of funny. We uh, Just ragers in general, I just find it funny because uh, I'm not even going to mention his name because, like, it's, uh, we, we have a player in our uh, at our local store here. We, we play EDH and stuff. And uh, he is the f- I, I love. He's a competitive EDH player. I love. Pl- I, I normally don't like playing games against competitive EDH players because I like playing playing EDH to have fun. And uh, but this kid, I mean, he is such a joy to play against because when he's winning or when he's losing, he gets so on edge and so tense and so stressed. You can literally hear this kid's heartbeat. His heart beats that hard that you can hear it. And he starts breathing really heavy. And everything. I don't think that's natural. You should probably contact a doctor about that. <laughs> it's so funny. Like I like I don't know how many games like I end up I, like he I think I've beaten him like once, but every other time I lose to him it's it's he does play some decent to his credit he is a good player. But I, I lose track of what I'm supposed to do to even play against him because I, I it, it it takes everything in my power to play 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 EDH with this kid and, and not burst out laughing. So like this is a, playing against this kid and like you can tell when he's getting his good card and he's gonna win because his tell is horrible. He gets like he just gets more excitable and more. He, he, his voice, he, his voice gets louder, and he breathes heavy again. As you can hear his heartbeat because it's beating so loud, and it's just like, and all I can do is sit and look at this kid as he proceeds to go and beat me and laugh. Like I'm sitting there, like, all right, I gotta be serious. I gotta be serious because this is a competitive player, and if I laugh when I lose, he's not gonna like it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's like. 
you just want to tell the guy, it's like, dude, this is just a game. You, you probably don't want to have a heart attack over this game. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny. I enjoy that stuff, though. That's that's the little nuggets of joy that I miss being a coordinator, watching that. Oh, competitive EDH. Is that an oxymoron? Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> I think it's pointless. I think it really is. The whole point of the format was to have fun, and it's like, I th- I think almost in some in some circumstances, like yeah, to add competitive that competitive edge to the something like that, and it's like eh, this is kind of lame. Yeah, EDH is kind of weird. Cause it's like it's very obviously recognized by wizards, but yeah. it's nowhere even close to being like sanctioned. No. You know, in fact, like, yeah, you can't have like two mans or four mans or eight mans of it because it's usually a multiplayer thing, right? Yeah, it's a multiplayer thing. Well, they do have the single player one. Yeah, but that's the even those can go to sometimes. Well, either, they're either like lightning fast or they can drag Drill. forever. <laughs> two three hours later, you're still stuck in the same game. How does that even happen? You, you draw yourself out, right? There's just like oh, no. ninety nine cards. <laughs> And, like, 13 Brazilian different ways to reset stuff into your library. So <laughs> yeah. I have see in there. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, pitch this up. Well, we got my Tiger Egg. I went back to my, hand, into my deck. Yeah. <laughs> I think, All what, right. we've, we've had some, we've, we've, had, we've had some four-hour games. Don't remind me. I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't play Commander. <laughs> but 25 minutes, that's my limit. <laughs> Hands there, done. <laughs> done a couple of those where it's like, you're not dead or even close to dying. Yeah, I'm just done. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be Chris playing Commander probably just 25 minutes there, just like, yep, I'm I'm done, but you're winning. <laughs> clock set. Well, I'm out. <laughs> it's like, yep, yep, I'm done, but you're winning. You're at like a 500 life. I don't care. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my next daily event round is starting. I'm I'm done. <laughs> but yeah, so other than that, slow cycle. I have nothing else. We don't have any comments and feedback, so. Really, if it, if you guys if if people want to comment, if we're doing something wrong, just uh, let us know. It's not a big deal. <laughs> so I got nothing. But you guys got anything? Not much. You know, you sign enjoy? out this time. Oh hey, no wait, we do have something, Peter. I think you're supposed to do something on the air. Oh yes, because we forgot about this last episode, and let me just reopen. Uh, okay, Patrick online. I owe yeah, for us uh, five tickets from our bet. Dan, you kind of let me down, but I don't blame you. <laughs> give him his tickets I will give him my tickets <laughs> I think I only have five tickets left too so we're set sweet let's do the last of your tickets <laughs> I made sure I didn't spend any more than I needed to from them in the last deck I'm like nope these are reserved they're going to you buddy <laughs> so how do you make tickets if you don't play in events money you put money in you get more oh is that what people do <laughs> yeah it's yeah. weird that's what everyone else does <laughs> Oh, my bad. Oh, God, I don't have you on my friends list? Oh, there we go. I was just saying, like, son of a bitch, I feel bad. Well, I just traded with you. Oh, that works, too. <laughs> Sweet. All right. I was also going to be a Done. jerk and just have 500 bull rushes for you going, that's five tickets worth of stuff, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't remember that would fly. So, there you go, sir. No. All right. The tickets have been received. All right. So, until next week, I am Nate. I'm Peter. And I'm Chris. And that this is Popper to the people. Everyone had a lot He's like, of we're building peasants, and half his deck is uncommon. Well, that's, it's, it's all that's common and uncommon. Fine, modern, common, uncommon. It really doesn't Silver matter. Black, there's a big difference. 
Yeah, modern silver black. That's why I called the cube modern silver black. No, you call it a modern peasant cube. Well, the name of it on the cube tutor is modern silver black. So, either way, I got first place with that list. And Celestia wasn't, I think Celestia is under control now, so. Stupid bastards. You probably undercut anything Celestia even had. Nope. I kept, uh, the only thing that got taken was that Celestia was unflinching courage because it had Behemoth Sledge. So. Alright, Chris, you can record? I'm recording. Oh, good, okay. Um, yeah. I didn't want to miss any more gold. Oh, you don't want to miss any more gold. Alright, so... This entire evening's going to be full of gold with Nate spewing up bullshit like he's doing. Look at me, guys, because I guarantee you when he asks us what we were playing this week, he's like, yeah, I just played uh, my modern peasant cube and destroyed everyone because, you know, I was running twice as many uncommons as I'm supposed to be running in the format. No big or anything. silver black. Got some, uh, that's the line sack of shit. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, not really, because let's see here. Ma, let's see here. What is the name of my cube on Cube Tutor? Oh, my God. Nukon's Modern Silver Black. Oh, so you my actually God. Crafted it finally, because you've been telling me it was a peasant cube this entire freaking time. So. Settings. No. Whatever. No. No. Why no? Why not? Yes. I had to change out my, uh,. <clears throat> recordings there, my my settings on my recording. Yeah, so I figured out why my band, my thing was all messed up. Apparently, it's saying that I have a free copy, so I can't. It only allows me to record ten minutes. Oh yeah. Well, get yeah. the real version then. Yeah. Yeah, eventually. Uh, I guess I could have I could have told you that you needed the real version, but yeah, I thought you knew. No, I. This is why we don't trust Nate with important things. So yeah. all right. So basically, I'm just going to go over this quick. We got State of Design article that Mark Rosewater put out that was pretty interesting. We got playability. Oh, what's this one here? Oh, yeah, I, I added that because I bought all the commander decks and kind of did a little bit of mess around with them. Um, good reads. We've got uh, Junk Enchantments by Raider Adepts of Popper Revolution. Are you talking about standard Popper decks right now? Yeah, it's a standard. It's an article. It's you said article. you had that link to that mono green rant list that we were almost going to build today. Oh, sorry. I was looking at... I'll, I'll bring that up. Oh, yeah. sorry. I was at least looking at other stuff and bragging about how I was winning a peasant cube without playing a peasant deck. That's all. Well, silver, black, cube, whatever. <laughs> silver, black, cube, whatever. Um, this is fun. I'll have to think like three, four turns ahead. Or otherwise, I would have lost. Bring my list up. Oh, I don't have to work tonight. Oh, Chris, these are golden. I don't yeah. have to work tonight, so I am really... They are, they are just wonderful. <laughs> I don't oh. have to work tonight, so I'm in no hurry to I'm to have literally no worries on time, so... Seriously, Nate, you should look at these. These are just pure comedy gold. What? He definitely said... From last game, he didn't have any run rage quit on him. He's providing some great material with rage quit material. Holy, wow. This is going to the Hall of Rage. <laughs> <laughs> These are not me. These are from, uh, I petitioned, uh, Justin to, since he watches all the dailies, I don't know if you guys know this, but he watches all yeah. the daily events to figure out what decks are doing whatever. Yeah. So, I was like, hey, uh, you know, you should just take screenshots of them and send them my way, because we do a, a segment every week on Power of the People's called, uh, Rage of the Week, and. Yeah, well, add it to the thing. You should have notes. You're already, you're there in the freaking Skype chat, if you paid attention. Yeah. 
Yeah, I put them in the chat. Need to add them to the thing. Copy. Wow, copy selection. I'm adding them right now. I just added the uh, the de- my deck list to the thing. It kind of already is a deck, what we're trying to do. Mono green ramp. Kill people with Ness and Ass because it's awesome, or is it just mono green stompy? It's like a aggro deck thing. You know, I'm just going to stop asking you questions, because you sure as hell do not know how to give an answer. I am... <laughs> what is the deck? Yeah. I don't know. It's got cards and things. A couple land. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's running pretty much everything we talked about, so... Okay, I've Such actually got to ask. As? It has the beetle form. It has the... Has the has the Oculus? Has is it just the blue green freaking uh? It's just the blue green deck. No, it's that blue green. That's the blue green deck that everyone's playing. It's pretty much what are what we're trying to do anyway. Just it, give me a link so I can actually see the damn. Yeah, thing. look on the notes. It's there. Oh, why would you put in the notes? Not in the freaking chat because because it needs to go in the notes anyway. It needs to go in the mistakes. notes anyway. Such scourge for Oculus. Oh, it kind of is, I guess. It's the same. It's there's not much of a change. It's pretty much the same damn list. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what we're looking at. Anything. Yeah. Voyage design, isn't scattering negates. Yeah. Huh. Well then. Yeah. Okay, I tried making mono green and I got completely crushed. Like in six games, yeah, it's standard popper. Yeah. And yeah. I tried it too. It's too slow. I haven't built the red green one yet, but I wanted to almost go red green. I know I'm a sucker for gruel, and I don't want to do gruel again because we kicked ass the last time, but my god, is Zerta fucking uh, druid the shit? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Two mana mana dork that kills him while you're ramping? It's freaking amazing, but yeah. Everything we basically called up from the last episode, right there. It's all right there. It's really kind of... I almost feel sad now that we didn't know yeah, the thing. I mean, I, ever, I played it like five times and crushed, so it's like... Well, yeah. It's I don't know where else to go. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> I don't know what else to go. There's like real, like I did. I, I played, like I said, played five games, crushed in all of them, and it's like, what do I talk about? It's, it's. How do I improve this? <laughs> yeah, I'm seven and zero with the deck. <laughs> yeah. With what? With which deck? I'm sorry. It's, just. Bragging about like I'm seven and zero with this deck. How do I improve it? <laughs> improve something that's not broken. <laughs> that, that's not that. That's not bad. Yeah. But it was just fun to see Ness and Ass just murdering people, especially for the fact that people forget that things got friggin' reach. And then if you don't even, it doesn't even matter if you end up in a game where you can't get mana anyway. It doesn't fucking matter because you have a whole bunch of little dudes that get big anyway. Yeah, the efficient beaters in Freldoc or Freldocus who just holds down the fort all friggin' day because nothing's got five toughness in the damn format or five yeah. in the damn format. And then you got uh, beetle form mates just to do the over the head beats when you need to. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's like what the green blue evolved deck wanted to be, except it is better and what it actually was striving to be. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say. I, I just. <laughs> It's like, well, well, uh, everybody, uh, this is the brew of the month. Here's the list, and uh, five, I crushed five O with it, and uh, I don't know what needs to be fixed. So there you have it. <laughs> yeah, I need, I it need a link. It, it's on the notes. Uh, I'm I'm really behind today, guys. I'm sorry. Okay, no, it's don't fine. worry about it. I think all of us are. 
What are you talking about? I'm completely in the ball for giving you shit. <laughs> I have not missed a beat. <laughs> I don't know. It was fun drafting the kid, drafting the cube. But we, the, we real, I realize there's some changes that's got to make to the silver black again. There's no fog effects in it. Complete when we when we do it when we redid it and stuff. We completely forgot about fog effects. That's because fog effects blow. In fact. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a few freaking moments, piece. When I was taking Tuttle, when I took Joe Tuttle on, if he would have had a fog, he probably would have survived a little bit longer when I was playing him. That's all fog ever does for you in draft. Like, fog is the true skill testing card in all forms of draft. Yeah. And all forms of fog are the skill testing fogs because they're always bad. They're never worth a card. So maybe you don't have to put it in the cube. He should have just had better cards in his deck. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't feel so bad anymore now. <laughs> no. If, if, yeah, like the only if one I'm, that we ever had in the freaking popper queue was the uh, moments piece. And like I said, that's just because I had flashback. Otherwise, there's no reason to use the damn thing. Yeah. Yeah, because here uh, I, I, Peter already saw the list, but this is the list that I drafted yesterday. Yeah, I saw that one. You saw that list? It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I literally had an answer for everything. Except Curse of the Bloody Tomb. That would have fucking wrecked you. Yeah, that would have hurt. That would have hurt. <laughs> it wrecks. I missed that card. <laughs> I don't even think, think it made the modern list. I don't think it even made the silver black list anyway. It probably wouldn't have. It's actually a kind of bad card. That's yeah, one thing that I actually... I learned that this, this weekend, that uh, Curse of the Bloody Tomb is just never good, ever. Yeah, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> yeah, well, like, th- there's, like, one very specific circumstance where it's okay, and that's if you're playing as a Delver player against a mono-blue control list. It is the only yeah. time it's ever good. Yeah. Because I tried using it in against other slower decks when I was playing, as I played a Del- daily event with Delver, and uh, every time I was like, oh, you know what, this is, I'm playing, it's like Azorius Kitty or something, right? It's really slow, they yeah. get a lot of life. If I can curse the Bloody Tomb and just hold down the fort... It's like, yeah. no, you know what? These other decks, like, even though they're slow, they're going to outcard you. They're going to outcard advantage you, and your Curse of the Blade Humans is going to be too slow to win. Yeah. All right, so you guys ready to start the show? <laughs> we haven't yeah. already started? No, we haven't. I've, been, reco- <laughs> I've, I've been, been recording. recording. I haven't started an intro or anything. I haven't done an intro or nothing. Who cares? Okay. Record it now, put it at the, edit to put it at the beginning. This is great stuff. <laughs> Hold on, wait a second. <laughs> i got to do the, my, my impression of the eagle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. hey, I like this. I like, I like but it that. sounds about pretty accurate, so uh, hold well on, Chris. All right. That thing, that thing is so loud. Like, I, it <laughs> I was, is. I was listening to. You should put a warning before we even start the show. It's like, warning, if you're currently wearing a headset, you may want wish to reconsider your listening <laughs> option. I'll take it off. I'll just take it off. Thank you. Yeah, just right. replace another piece with my eagle sound. Yeah. <laughs> and even then, when they take their freaking headphones off, <laughs> death and bleeding ears. All right, here we go. 